Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, nope, for Saturday, August 12th, 2017. With me. A hot start. I'm killing it, baby. <laughs> With me is, it's because you know what? Ben's not here. That guy usually, he gives me that death stare and he makes me, makes me stay honest with my dates. <laughs> he scares but you into like, he scares you straight every scares episode. Scares me straight. Otherwise, man, this show's <laughs> off the rails already. Yeah. But with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey, everybody. I'm happy to just be reliable and here always. That's right. He's like a you rock. You know, and just, and not miss weeks, not, not miss weekend shows. You know, I'm just glad that I can be here. You're definitely going to end up missing next week. <laughs> you just jinxed yourself. <laughs> For sure. I know. So anyway, today's the 12th. That is Middle Child's Day. Oh, dang. Are you middle child? No. You? No. Nope. I could one have brother. been. If my, if my parents had one more, I could have been a middle child. I would have been too. You're Look right. I'm the youngest. We're both the babies. Hmm. The babies of the family. I think, what does that uh, say about us? I don't know. We're spoiled, I guess? Or Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the going thing. Yeah. So it seems to be the, the normal. Um, <laughs> is, you think, is Ben a middle? I think Ben's an oldest child. He seems ben like an, seems like an oldest. But I know, I know he's got a couple, like, I know he's got more than one sibling though yeah so it could be lumped somewhere in the middle who knows yeah stay tuned next week and find out how well, many find siblings out. ben has or maybe we'll go back in time and ask maybe we already did ask him on thursday oh and we'll just fill it in take it away ben <laughs> yeah wow there you go there he very is. interesting wow, wow. never would have guessed it <laughs> i i had him pegged as an eldest and he might have yeah. said that i don't know <laughs> he might be we don't know yet <laughs> So uh, anyways, what do you got what going you on this weekend? On? Oh, you want me to start? Yes. I'm working on a little good old fashioned something called, I don't know. Uh, Not yet? <laughs> no, nah, I got a couple ideas for what I might do this weekend. Um, kind of thinking, is it time to start another big project or do I want to do something small? I got a few things that I've already kind of completed. Um, you know, I have some finishing touches I have to put on one project, the project that I talked about. Um, on Thursday, the leather stool. Yep. Um, Which came out really neat. Yeah. It's, how was how how's the like the the strength of the leather being like? Because it's not a very long distance that it's. It's not. Of, yeah, it's not that big of a span. Um, that was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know what? From putting pressure on it, like you know, I haven't actually sat in it yet. I've just kind of yanked on it, and it just feels pretty dang strong. It. Yeah, I mean, I look, I gave it a good look, right, and it exactly. didn't even rattle. <laughs> didn't even rattle, so I'm, I, my hopes are high. No, yeah. but I didn't. I don't want to test it until I've done my finishing shots for it, just in case it does rip apart when Makes I sit sense. on it. Yeah. But I think that it's probably going to be fine. So what I'll do is after I get all my finishing shots, and then I got nothing left to lose, I'll just like sit on it and kick my legs up and make sure it's strong enough. I, I think it's going to be though. I used some pretty good contact cement on it. I reinforced it with upholstery nails. So I think it's yeah. going to be pretty strong. Have the kids sit on it first, right? Yeah. We'll just slowly <laughs> work our way up and wait through the house. But I'm, yeah. I'm the heaviest in my house and I'm not that heavy. I'm only like 170 or so. Right. So yeah. we're not going to put it to too much of a test in the Salamone household. Yeah. But All as right. for what I'm going to do this weekend, I don't know, man. I think uh, I kind of, I have this desk I've been thinking about. And I don't know if it's ready or not, but I kind of, I really want to build that. There is something I should build before that, which is we need this like hamper station in our bathroom, but oh, okay. I don't know, man. I'm just like not, it, it doesn't really lend itself to doing anything that cool design wise. And so right. I'm not, it's very utility driven. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not super excited about it, even though it would be nice to have from a functional standpoint. I'm just, you know, one, one thing I thought would be cool and maybe take this and run with it. Cause I've had the idea for a long time. 
So I've always thought about combining a laundry hamper. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, like square in, you know, in, in width and depth. Yep. And then the same size next to it is basically like a shoe rack. And mm. then the top of that is a folding table, except on the hamper half, it can lift up and you can dump clothes into it. Nice. You know, the only, so I do like that idea. The problem with my setup is that, so it's going to go in our bathroom and the way it used to be before we remodeled our bathroom, it was, there was a little closet in there where our, um, our furnace was. And then when we remodeled, we moved the furnace up to the attic. So that made this like little cove and we ripped it out when we remodeled the bathroom. And so there's not a ton of space in there. So I pretty much, I have like a lot of vertical space, but not a lot of depth or width. Interesting. Okay. So I'm kind of thinking like a hamper on the bottom with maybe just like, you know, the kind of hardware that like you, you would put on like a pull out trash can kind of thing in the kitchen. Like it's like a low heavy duty rail basically. Yeah. Something like that with a pull out hamper. And then maybe just like some shelves going up to put like towels on or whatever. I mean, I think it could look cool once it's all finished, but I don't know how neat the woodworking itself is going to be, but I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll keep thinking on it. I know it's something I need to do eventually. So, I don't know, maybe I just get off of that, get that oh, off of the, the honeydew list. What was the list. other project? The desk. There's yes. this desk that I've had this idea for this desk for a long time, and I really like the idea of it. I've been going back and forth between ha- having it all out of wood or having a few of the pieces actually out of metal. I'm about to, I'm about to be working with metal soon. See, I'm, I'm not at the point where I can make something like this out of metal, so I feel like it would have to be a collaboration project, or maybe I just do the whole thing out of wood, and then maybe I do a future pr- future version out of metal or something. Yeah. But, it, I've been really, I've been putting this project on the back burner for a while, but I've been really excited about it. I think it's like really cool looking. Cool. What That's about awesome. you? I am working. Listen, everybody listening. Here we go. I'm going to say it, but just please don't Pray get your hopes him. up too high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send your prayers. Um, I'm going to be working on the mirror. Oh, I got boy. it back a couple days ago. So all I got to do now is attach it to the light box and then put that on the wall. So. So right Fingers now, crossed. Yes. In, in your possession right now, you have an intact, ready-to-go mirror. No cracks, no dings, no nothing. Um, this is looking good. And I'm keeping it that way, I hope. So yeah, so yeah I, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready to get this thing in the wall. I'm ready to get this project out of my life. You know what I'm saying? Those yeah. ones that just, you just got to get it out. Yeah. So <laughs> aside from that, I don't know. So be, be on the lookout for the mirror video. And when it comes out, give it some thumbs up. Let's make this video be my like one that goes viral. <laughs> this mirror it's, video. It's not like I haven't put in the work for it, you know? So just so everyone at home can keep tally, this is the fifth mirror? Yes. Okay. Yeah, as of now. So fingers crossed that, that it'll be the last one. I'll put this one on I'll put this one on Reddit. There we go. There you go. I'm gonna put this one on Reddit and I need everybody to give it that thumbs up. Yeah, we'll f- be number one on DIY of Reddit. The fifth and final mirror. Yeah, so check my Instagram for the link on that. Cool. All right, should we uh, hop into a couple questions? We kind of have a theme for for our questions today. They both have to do with photography of finished pieces. Interesting. Okay. So the first one comes in from the cutting board, and that's the cutting board as in like I got nothing to do. So bored. And he asks, as it pertains to thumbnail images, I'm curious what your setup looks like, how you stage lights and pieces against a wall. Maybe what gear you use beyond just your camera, any tips you do in post-production. So I think you can kind of speak to this because you've done a couple different setups. You were outside at first, now you're inside. 
Yep. And I don't know what your whole setup inside is, but if 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 lighting is an issue, just rely on natural lighting. Yep. It's so much better than trying to rig together like not enough lights or trying to point like incandescent bulbs at things. If lighting is like a struggle or if you don't really have like all the gear you necessarily want, there's nothing better than the sun in that case. So every time yep. I, um, every time I'm taking the finished photos of my pictures, it's against the same wall that I'm working against. All I do is I clear out my workbench. I clear out all my tools and I open the garage door and I wait until like, uh, the golden I don't know, hour. I'll, see, no, 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 no. Cause I still, you know, I want that, yeah. that like 5,500 K and know? you still, and you don't have direct light hitting you. It's just like exactly. whatever's flooding in from the garage door. Exactly. So I either wait until noon or then I wait until like five, six. Uh-huh. That way it's not, it's either, if it's noon, it, the sun's coming straight down. So no lights really coming through the garage door okay, or so I wait I yeah. see. or the way my shop is oriented once it gets about four to five o'clock, no more light comes in either. So mm-hmm. I just get it to where I have a lot of ambient light from the sun, but no direct light. That way right. it's really even. Everything is super diffused. And then I just, I Photoshop a lot. I use the heel tool or the little, the blend tool so much because yeah. the concrete that I take the pictures on is really dirty. Yeah. The background is OSB and it's stained to heck with sawdust and all that kind of stuff. So um, my raw pictures, actually, that's what I'll do. I'll do a side-by-side. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. We should one do of, that. Yeah, one of the good ones, I think, is of the end table I put out. I think I got a really good final shot of that little end table from last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a lot of heel tools. So I'll put those side-by-side. So Yeah, that'd be cool. I'll, put, I'll try to find like my most touched photo also and, yeah. and, and do some side-by-side. Yeah. For me... So, so yeah, go go to when you started, when you were outside, like what was your... Yeah, so wh- the reason I started outside, first off, I think I didn't place the as much importance on thumbnails as I do now and wanting like a consistent look. That's the other thing. If it's just one photo, like, you know, you could put me pretty much in any environment and, and it's I can, I can probably get a good photo of it. Right. But if you want to, you know, if you're going to make 20 videos and you want them to be consistent, then finding a place inside to do it is the ideal situation. So I started off outside, like the first bench I ever did, it was just like in this little kind of grass strip by my house. Um, and uh, I just did like a lot of close shots, so you couldn't really tell. The background was all blown out, so it didn't really matter. Then in the meantime, we had re-landscaped and fixed up the exterior of our house, so I actually had like a nice outside that I could use. So I would just take my pictures outside. But then I started like, it became kind of a pain because I had to wait till certain times. Exactly. Yeah. The the neighbors are like driving by, like, what's a, what's Chris doing out here? Thinking, <laughs> and I was also doing like all my ending shots out there too. Um, but anyway, I, I wanted to have something inside eventually. So I repainted this one wall that's in our dining room and I started using that wall for all my finishing shots. And it it works pretty good for it's actually a really good wall for most things that are smaller because it's got a window, it's got a lot of windows pretty close to it so I can get like cool, um, like angular shadows and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not that big. So whenever I was doing bigger pieces, it was like really tough. First off, it was tough to get far enough away from it to get a good picture. Right. And second of all, like sometimes it would be kind of spilling outside of the wall. And so I didn't like that. So then there was this other really long wall in our house and I 
I think I talked about it on the podcast. I just like repainted that wall and I said, this is going to be my moving forward. This is my, my picture taken wall. So I've been using that one. And so to go on, on your, what you were talking about, natural lighting. Yeah, I really, I very rarely use anything that isn't natural lighting. The only time I do it is if there was something that light doesn't want to get to, like where say too much light gets to a tabletop and no Mm -hmm. light gets to the underside where all the detail is, then I might shine a light from far away on the underside to kind of... Because the top is all blown out, but the face of it is all dark, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So that's the only time I'll really use that, which is rare. So it's pretty much all natural light. So, and everybody obviously has access to natural light. So the one extra tool, if you could only have one extra tool to help you take better photos, the thing that I would recommend would be a tripod because then you can do long exposures. So what I usually do is when I'm taking my finished photos, I put my f-stop all the way high, as high as it can go for whatever lens I'm using. So that's like 22 or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, so everything's just fully in focus. And I'll set my, my, uh, my timer to like 15 seconds or whatever it needs to be to get a good exposure for the image. Wow. And then I also do quite a bit of retouching. And I'll even go like, <laughs> probably the one that pops into my head that I'll probably use for the um, before and after is the Xbox stand. I can remember the shadow. I really liked the way it looked on one side and I didn't like the way it looked on the other side. And I was like, well, it's a symmetrical piece. So I actually oh. mirrored the whole thing <laughs> so that it looked like there was like light coming from both sides, like yeah. from the two sides basically. Um, so that's probably the one that I'll put because it'll be the most different looking. But yeah, I mean, I use the heel tool like crazy. I use, uh, you know what else I always do is, it's funny actually when Evan and Caitlin, they were over the house, like I talked about before. Um, so they saw where I took all the pictures and they're like, oh wow, I pictured this wall to be a lot bigger because I usually stretch it out. And so it looks like it's like a huge gallery that I'm in when really, you know, I mean, it's a decent sized wall, but it's probably, you know. 10 feet or something like that you do that so you'll just take like a chunk of your wall and then kind of like copy and paste it a couple yeah. times so it'll well, be why i do the same thing That's yeah funny. what i usually do because of the gradient it'll show up if i do that so i just stretch it mm. just use the stretch tool got you and cool. so as long as you're taking the photo from like dead front it's easy to stretch it if not if it's an angled photo then you kind of have to mess with it a little bit yeah um the other thing i would say for is uh get low I think a lot of people yeah. don't get low enough when they're taking their pictures. I actually had one person like call me out on it, like, hey, that's, why do you take your pictures like that? People look at stuff from eye height. And I said, that's true, except for probably when they're buying furniture. Exactly. I always try and imagine the like tabletop is like at eyebrow level when yeah. I'm taking photos. Yeah, that, I like that like just like real like eye height yeah. to the top of the piece. I feel like that's usually the most flattering angle for a piece. It shows off a lot more of the detail than you're going to get otherwise. And I do think that it is indicative of the way that people would shop for furniture. I feel like if you went to a store and you looked at it, you You wouldn't just stand up perfectly straight. Yeah, you're going to get there and you're going to kind of inspect things. Yeah, for sure. All right. On the the subject of – because I don't have the stretch tool. Uh Uh-huh. I – I, this is maybe good for listeners, right? For Here we people go. that are wanting to do pictures and whatnot. The nuts and bolts. Homeboy, me, does not want to pay for the Adobe suite. Uh-huh. I hate subscription services with a passion. I can tell you what to do right now. Let's hear it. Look up. Well, there's several programs, but the one that I think is going to be, if anybody has a chance to get Photoshop or run for their money, it's called Affinity. Affinity. Look, okay. Affinity, yeah. They have like a Photoshop equivalent. 
they have an Illustrator equivalent, and they have an InDesign equivalent. They're $50 one-time payment. Um, they're pretty new, so I don't even know if they've had like big updates yet or how they're going to handle that. But I'm guessing it's going to be either you buy one and you get all the updates, or maybe it'll be like you know a $10 to update it or something. But I mean, I'm I'm really I I get all the Adobe stuff for free right now through work. Right. If I didn't have that, I would definitely switch over right now to Affinity and probably switch over to Final Cut for all my editing because I think that they're. I really have high hopes for them to grow and, you know, not that they're going to kill off Adobe, but hopefully they kind of force their hand in making them change their, their structure. Get a little competition in the market. Yeah. Yeah. Cause really right now they don't have any real competition in the, in the like professional segment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be cool. I'm going to check them out for sure then. What, what have you been doing to. I use like, I use Final Cut for uh, video, but Mm -hmm. there's a program called Pixelmator. Uh huh. Sounds super like not pro, Pixel but it's like it's a very like prosumer. You know what I mean? It's got a yeah. lot of good stuff. It's obviously not as powerful, but it does great for what I'm wanting, and it costs one time twenty bucks. Yeah. So I, I think it's Mac exclusive, but if you're interested, check it out. It's yep. a pretty good software. Yeah, that's how Affinity started as Mac exclusive, and then they expanded. So now they're for both. It's the yeah. kind of thing like I'm honestly thinking about buying it just to like play around with in the meantime. That way, if I ever am able to quit my job and then I don't have the Adobe suite anymore, I'm not just like starting cold and having exactly. to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, sweet. All right, next question. Cool. They bleed so together. They do bleed together. And this one comes in from Han Maid, and he says, to watermark or not when you post when you post glamour shots of a finished product. I should be, but I'm not. Do you? I don't. And I even struggle with the I should be or not. Really? Yeah, because I kind of, I mean, I know there's still lecture. Okay, here's the first thing. I always do that, by the way. I always interrupt myself, I feel like. I know. It's <laughs> like, like, let I me get, get like, started, but wait. Yeah, it's because <laughs> I have like 10 thoughts that jump into my head as soon as I start talking. And then I'm like, wait, I should say this first. I should say this first. Okay, the first thing that I did want to say, though, is I think that if I were to look at a photo and I was the type of person that wanted to get that watermark off of there, unless it's like a crazy watermark that ruins your image, I could get it off of there. Yeah. So anybody's going to really be able to get it off there if, as long as you're not putting a distracting watermark, which you know would be a bad idea. And it gets to the point where you, the watermark has to be like so obvious that then it just ruins the, exactly. the picture itself. Right. So if you're just going to put a little watermark of your name in the corner or whatever... The same heel tool that we were using is also going to remove that watermark. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody don't get affinity. I don't, <laughs> I don't want you re- removing my watermarks. No. Um, so, okay. But say you are using it in a good way where you just have it in a corner or whatever. Well, so pretty much the point of doing it is all you're really doing is keeping honest people honest, right? Yeah. Anybody who wants to do anything lecherous, they're still going to be able to do it. But for the honest people... I don't know how much the watermark really helps you because those kind of people are probably going to be giving links and those kinds of things if they're posting your pictures. And that link is a thousand times more valuable than a watermark because how many people are really going to be like, oh, there's a watermark. I'm going to go now Google that thing and then find this guy. Right. That I mean, the amount of times that happens compared to a link getting to you is very, very seldom. I know. And it's just, honestly, I'm such a low effort person when it comes to the photos. And that's, I think if there's one thing that I just need to step up my game on and just be more, be mm-hmm. more professional at, I think it's the photos because I don't even, I don't even take pictures. Mm-hmm. All of my final shots are just screenshots of video. 
Even like what you end up using for your Everything. thumbnails? Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. And it's like, that's, I shouldn't be, but it's just, I get my video shots and in one of them, like as I'm shooting, I'm like, oh, there's my thumbnail. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll take, keep taking video and then I'll, I'll just grab that, grab that frame. Yeah. I but, think that, oh, no, God. Because like my thing is thumbnails, they can't be any more high res than, I think they say 720 is as high as thumbnails go. I, I think still it upload is, yeah. them at 1080. Yeah, I think it is um, 720. Yeah, but I still upload upload them at 1080. Granted, on my web on my website, it would be good to have higher res photos. I yeah. can definitely agree to that. But I don't. I'll get. I'll start that. There we go. There you we go. Just, we had an intervention and we didn't know it. New Year's resolution in yeah. There we go. August. So watch out, guys. I'm gonna have some high def photos on my website. <laughs> watch out. Coming up, high res photos. Um, yeah, you know, I think that with the whole screen grab versus taking a picture, I mean. Yeah. cameras are so good now that you can use a screen grab. That's the yeah. great part about it. I've been thinking about that a lot for Instagram lately of wanting to do more like process photos while I'm actually building something. And I have done that a little bit. And I found that what I usually do is I'll be like, okay, I'm finished with this. I'll get out my phone. I'll take a picture and then I'll use that. And I'm like, I'm already filming all this stuff. Why don't I just use a screen grab because that's probably going to be better than the picture I take with yeah, my photos. Yeah, it's kind of like in in the middle of the action too, yeah. instead of like, here's what I did. Yeah, and it's like I'm already going through the trouble of thinking about composition and all those things while I'm filming, so why not just use some of those? I've even had comments before, like when I was posting on uh, the the DIY Reddit, and you know you have to have like a whole imager album that goes step by step through something. Oh, okay. None of those images watermarked, by the way. But um, yeah, they're all, I always put just screen grabs and I'll even get comments on it like, oh, these are really great, like process photos. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, that just tells you right there that the quality of a screen grab is perfectly good for anything that you're not like, you know, going to blow up huge or print or whatever. And that's the only problem is like, if I need something for like a banner image or something like that, yeah. but still. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would recommend, yeah, just at least just getting just those like finished pictures. Yeah. I mean, you already have your camera there. I know. Just yeah. set the switch the mode, take the shot. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, something kind of interesting happened though with the dining table video I put out. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess earlier it was earlier this week. The is the uh, table the farmhouse, one? the big reclaimed yeah. dining table. Mm -hmm. Something that I guess it was just something I had never noticed because the table is set between seven and eight feet long. I think it's closer to seven than eight. Yeah. But I didn't realize that the the width of my camera angle. Yes. I didn't realize kind of how wide of an angle it was until I had such a long straight span. Oh, like it was like looking warped, you mean? Like a, like a, what's that called? Like a pinhole effect or whatever? Yeah. Or, or like with a GoPro. Like when you yeah, look at yeah, a GoPro yeah. and it's like a wide angle and it's like kind yeah, of fish, fish eye. eye. Fish eye. Fish yeah, eye. There you go. Except it was way less than a GoPro, but it was mm -hmm. still noticeable. And that was the first time I'd had, I'd had it to where I'd kind of really <clears> noticed it. Yeah. So it was kind of challenging getting, getting a good picture out of that. Yeah, I had actually a lot of trouble with the plywood dining table just because of the size of it and not being able to get far enough away from it and not having a giant wall to put it on. So I took pictures of that one, the finished pictures at my parents' house. And it the problem I had actually was that, so it's like seven feet long and like 40 inches wide. And I had it pushed up pretty much against the wall, which is already kind of weird for a dining table. You know, ideally it'd be more like in the middle of the room. But because it's 40 inches wide. So the corner that's closest to you would stick out past the background of the wall. So past the white wall. So I couldn't get like a good shot where it was all 
yeah. white on either side, basically. <laughs> exactly. You know, just where it would look like it's in a big room. So that's why I ended up doing just kind of a detail shot for the thumbnail. I figured it was enough. It, it was cool because I could get in a little closer and show some of the detail of like the plywood, but it was still out enough that you could say like, okay, I'm essentially seeing half of the table and now in my head I can already picture what the whole thing looks exactly. like. Exactly. You're seeing kind of the, the, the base, you're seeing the top, you're seeing what it is just, I guess, just one half. Oh, and what you just said kind of gave me one last little tip and then we'll round out pictures. Okay. You were just talking about, um, I guess, the relationship of like what you're photographing to like the wall or whatever's yeah. behind it. If you don't have like a great good white wall like me, my white wall is uh, like painted OSB. So it's got a lot of texture. It's got a lot of sawdust stains on it. Yep. So if you're wanting to take pictures, and I'm sure it was kind of the same thing when you were taking pictures outside. If you don't have that perfect situation for pictures, bring it off of the wall or bring it off of whatever's in the background. That way you can, even if you do take a really wide aperture shot like you're doing, mm -hmm. you're able to cut around it and blur even what's behind it. So there's like depth of field so that whenever you're trying to establish, if it's for a thumbnail, if you're trying to establish the focus for that thumbnail, the, picture, or the piece of furniture can be super sharp in great focus, but say you have a neighborhood behind you or like your neighbor's house behind you or whatever it is, mm -hmm. that can be blurry, that can be a nice bokeh bokeh yeah. yeah i yeah i always wonder i, I say bokeh but yeah. i i think a lot of people do say bokeh right it can be a nice bokeh effect to where people can focus on what it is the background is blurry enough that no one pays attention to it and it'll still look really really good yeah i mean so. in fact i would say if you are taking it on where there is a busy background definitely definitely have your aperture wide open so a low number as low as numbers your lens will handle and get it get that stuff away from the background and try to blur out the background because that's really going to help people to focus on it. The only reason I close the aperture, I stop it down so much, is because it's a white wall. So I just want to make sure that every part of the piece of furniture is in photo, which using a huge you know, F22, that's overkill. But I'm like, eh, it's on a tripod. I can set it for as long as, it, it, as, as, long as I want, so why not? I hope all this aperture talk wasn't very confusing because I kind of got it. lost in it for a second, yeah. but... Yeah, it's aperture is kind of funny because it's it's weird that the high number yeah and it's counterintuitive yeah it's backwards from how you think but basically if you can adjust your camera and so if you're taking it on a white wall where you can do what I'm doing make the f number be really high if you're doing it where it's a busy background make the f number be really low boom there you go the, the expert's guide all right sweet <laughs> there it is <laughs> all right so then the last one comes in from Small Fry DIY. He says, as we she. all, she, yeah, it says, nope. <laughs> she, <laughs> I don't know, but Mike knows. She says. I know everybody in the game, man. You do, man, you always, you're, maybe your memory is just better than mine. I mean, I just read so many names, I forget I'm them. I'm so well connected. That is, that's what it is. He's a, he's a man of the people. Yep. So she says, as we all live in the suburbs, so that is true for me and you, we live in the suburbs, you listening may not, but let's just assume you do. How do you deal with noise and neighbors? This has been a big adjustment for me, uh -huh. or it will be more of an adjustment. So it's, it's different where you are now compared to where you were before. Yeah, the old shop at my parents is on five acres, uh -huh. and there's woods even between the neighbors. So the animals ever complain? 
you know, they were, but it wasn't anything Screw too them. serious. Yeah. So it was never really too big of an issue. So I, even that end table, I kind of just built that in a 36-hour period, just kind of nonstop. I started at yeah. 8 o'clock at night and then kind of just worked through the until night. it was done. And I just have a weird tendency to just not have a normal... I don't know. I just, yeah. whenever I, whenever I get on task, I do really good at just staying on task, but sometimes it takes a while for me to get there, you know? Right. Yeah. So whenever, whenever the fuel's going, I'll, I'll burn it. But I can't really do that now because now I am in a like legit like neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah. I have neighbors that are, you know, 10 steps away. So that is going to be an adjustment moving f- from the, I would say the country, not the country country, but enough out of town that nobody's going to be worried about it to a a legitimate neighborhood. So I've actually been working this week at getting a super normal sleep schedule going. I've been Uh waking up at 730 every day, Mm -hmm. going out for a jog. Nice. Doing a little push-up, sit-ups, little core work. (laughs) And uh, it's going good. I'm a couple days in and so far haven't quit. So we'll see how long that lasts. Hey, you're like a normal person now. Exactly. Waking up in the morning. Yeah. So you're relatively close to your neighbors, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, a typical suburb neighborhood kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I wish that I could have that kind of schedule like you used to have. Because that is, for me, like... I always had that dream for like anything creative, music, anything like that. I love working late at night. Exactly. That's when ideas. That's why. Every, that's why whenever I was really heavy into sketching, uh-huh. I did it every night before I went to sleep because it always seemed like I had more more ideas. Every yeah, there time. was just this like feeling of like the world's asleep and like now I'm gonna just like be out here doing it and getting everything done. Uh, yeah, I've always like if if someday I could get to the point where that's a reality, like I would totally switch my schedule to be like all right, it's 10 p.m., I'm going to go start working on stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. for now, obviously, I can't do that. So, I mean, it's pretty much the basics. Um, like, I've even looked into what the rules are, like when you can make noise, and it's really weird. So I think it actually, it's like pretty early. It's like 7 o'clock a.m. that you're supposed to start, that you're allowed to. I never... Like lawnmowers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but I never go run a power tool that early in the morning. You're not that guy. Yeah, and I try <laughs> not to run anything loud past like probably nine, I would say at the latest. And even that's pushing it. Um, If I am working outside that late, like usually it's stuff that doesn't really make that much noise. Or if at the most, it's probably like sanding. And even then I'll just say, all right, I'll just close the garage door. And, you know, like even I'll ask my wife, like, hey, how much can you hear me? And she's right inside the house. And she's like, it's like a very faint hum. So I'm assuming that my neighbors don't really hear about it. They've never complained to me. Um, That's the main thing, I think. You know what's weird, actually? So when I looked up the rules... The um, you're not supposed to make any noise on Sunday, which oh really? <laughs> yeah, I'm like that has to be just like an old rule that was written down in 1925 or something that yeah hasn't real. been changed or what? I can't imagine it being enforced. Oh, absolutely. Not. Yeah, Saturdays and Sundays. That's when I'm making the bulk of my noise. Right. But, I mean, that's when a lot of people are doing like their yard work and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, know, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm used to hearing it in my, like, if I hear somebody else working on something from my house, it's like you hear it for the first two minutes and then it kind of just, like, fades into the background of, like, I don't know. That's kind of like the white noise that's the background of life or whatever. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the main thing. Just, you know, try to be cool with your neighbors. You know, make ask them, hey, I'm not bugging you, right? right? I think people appreciate that kind of stuff. Just don't be a jerk. Don't fire up a huge table saw and dust collector at midnight or whatever. 
Good I think you'll be good. Life advice. Life advice. That's how to be that's how to be a good woodworker and a good neighbor. Wow. <laughs> a better neighbor. There you go. Yeah. A good woodworker and a better neighbor. I'm gonna change that to my tag. From your friend. Four eyes furniture. Chris. A good woodworker, but a better neighbor. An even better neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, if you enjoyed this show, give it a thumbs up. Yeah. Don't give it a thumbs up. You can't do that. Give us a rating. <laughs> Listen, we haven't plugged ratings in a minute. And if you're listening this far into a weekend show with just me and Chris talking about nonsense, you're the type of person that might go out of their way to give us a hand. Help a brother <laughs> out with a good review on iTunes. And in exchange, I'll even send you a sticker. I still have some. Still um, sticker. All you have to do is this. Go to iTunes. Give mm -hmm. us a review that you think we deserve. Hopefully it's a five star. Maybe we should have asked for a review on a on a on a great show. But anyways, mm -hmm. I think this was the strongest review. show we've done. I think it was good, especially for people that maybe are kind of love into photos. making videos or stuff. Anybody that loves photos and hates neighbors and hates neighbors. <laughs> but yeah, all you got to do is give us a review, screenshot that review, email it to me with your shipping info. I'll send you an exclusive Modern Maker podcast sticker that you can't get in any other way. Only by review from Only Mike. by review. And if uh, you don't use iTunes, uh, just... Go buy an iPhone. Just go buy an iPhone. <laughs> That's it. I don't know. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? <laughs> You're like, can I buy a sticker for a dollar? Nope. <laughs> go spend $800 on a new phone. They'll give those to you for free if you sign up for a contract. Exactly. All you got to do is sign up for a two-year deal. <laughs> just sign your life away. But anyways, we really do appreciate the reviews. We're getting closer and closer every day to getting to the top 100 of the arts section. And when we do, we're going to throw a big party for everybody. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is pay for our tickets to meet each other yeah. and it'll be great. And so for, anyways, I'm sorry, guys. You I'm know getting, what? Oh, wait. I, I actually do have some advice for if you don't have an iPhone and you want to leave us a good review and get a sticker. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're friends with somebody with an iPhone, right? Yeah. Get them to leave it. Put your address. We'll never even know the difference. And let's be honest. If it's that big of a deal, if it's that inconvenient, just email me. I'm a nice person. Just say, hey, oh, I don't use just, iTunes. You just opened up the floodgates. I know. I know. <laughs> but just follow us on Instagram or something. I don't care. I'm a nice guy. Anyways, tell your friends. Tell your mom and dad. Tell your mom and dad. Soon we're going to be extending this to other relatives. Aunts and uncles. Maybe first cousins. Whoa. Aunts, uncles. I don't know. It. We're not there yet, though, so don't get too ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> maybe keep when it we in the first family. There That's how go. we're going to get top 50. Yeah. Extended family. You don't want to push too soon. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, keep the questions coming. And we'll see you on Thursday. Bye, yeah, everybody. Yeah.